Oh, hello. Hello, and welcome to the Five Fitness Podcast. I am Paul, obviously. Um, I am by myself again. Um, John has PhD is really taking its toll on his availability to do podcasts. Um, it's just it's just not got his priorities right. That's all it is. Um, and didn't even come to pink with me last night. Which was unbelievable. If anybody, if, if anybody ever goes to see Pink or has the opportunity to go and see Pink live, she is unbelievable. It's the best gig I've ever been to, and I've seen Foo Fighters, Green Day, Fall Out Boy a lot. Pink was better than them all. Um, she's also very, very attractive. That really does help. Um, anyway, today we are going to talk about creatine. Um. And creating monohydrate. So we're going to go over what creatine is, why it's good. And then even though we're going to talk about creatine, we're technically talking about the supplement creating monohydrate. So creating monohydrate is the one that we actually want to be taking, but it turns into creatine within the body. Um, the monohydrate just means it's more bioavailable for ourselves. So if there's anything else that anybody, like you get targeted with, because I always get targeted by these ads on like Facebook and Instagram. Um, and like, oh yeah, it'll be like creatine ester or something like that. And it's got no, no scientific backing or whatever. It's absolute garbage. Um, inner, inner subs, I think that's what I keep getting targeted by on Facebook at the minute. Inner subs. And it's basically just a supplement to make you shit yourself. And it's like, oh, I lose seven pounds in three days. It's like, that's not healthy. Nobody wants to do that. And oh, you'll like, I feel so... So free and less bloated. Pretty sure if you just had some fiber, you'd probably feel the same. Um, like your diet's just takeaways and beer. It's gonna you're gonna be blocked up. Um also I I'm gonna apologize. I've got I'm on I'm sat down at a desk today rather than my standard one, and I'm on my gaming chair and it's super creaky. So I'm gonna try not to move throughout the whole of this. And then I've got Odin next to me who's been at the dog walkers all weekend. Um shout out to Amy. Um and he's super tired and he might snore, might just do that golden retriever side that he always does, or just start having a dream and pretend that he's running after like a deer or something. Um, I'm waiting for the point where he wakes up in his dream but continues to run in a dream and then runs into a wall because I think that'd be hilarious. Um, and that would really make that would make my 2010s that would make my decade. Um up there with pink um okay so i bang on about creative all the time especially creative monohydrate because that's the one we should be taking um i believe personally um again from both experience and research that everybody should be taking this unless you have an adverse effect to creatine itself um what what creatine is it's actually synthesized within the body anyway we synthesize it in the liver the kidneys and the pancreas and it's just made from amino acids so it's just made from proteins but its main role when you intake it is it sits in the muscle in your cells as something called phosphocreatine um so we have a pool of phosphocreatine and we have a pool of free free creatine creatine that doesn't cost anything and basically, when you go through the energy process, um, you utilize something called ATP or adenosine triphosphate. It's really wordy. It's not as complex as I've just made it sound. And 
basically you've got three phosphate fuels. They're all high energy uh, bonds. When you use energy, use one use one of the bonds, the phosphate drops off, and then what well, free create free creatine. I really struggle to say that a free creatine um picks up, mops up that phosphate molecule and becomes phosphate, phosphocreatine within the within the muscle. And then basically you then break down the high energy phosphate bond again. Then you've got free free creatine, and that donates the phosphate molecule back to ATP. So you're just synthesizing ATP. And all ATP is is it's the primary primary energy source of the body. Um, so it's all you can ever really use. Everything you do, when we say we're burning carbs or burning fats or burning whatever, whatever people think they might be burning ketones, um, everything's essentially trying to resynthesize ATP. Okay, and the whole this whole process lasts like ten seconds. Um, within ten seconds of like a sprint or something, you've run out of ATP and you've run out of phosphocreatine, um, and you're working at such an intensity where like you cannot resynthesize it fast enough to build the capacity. So then you go on to, um, you've gone to sort of uh, an anaerobic glycolysis then you go into aerobic glycolysis and then into fat oxidation and basically everything you're doing is trying to get that atp back what creatine does is it extends that 10 seconds to maybe like 12 but obviously that that two seconds make a huge difference between winning and losing or getting the rep out or that extra little bit in the gym all right and obviously because you've got that pool, you'll always resynthesize to that level. So once you rest and recoup a little bit, sort of two, three minutes between a set, you'll be able to go again and get the extra reps out. And this all sort of breeds into like just a higher power output. And if you can lift more and you can lift heavier and you can lift for longer, then you're going to build more muscle mass. And basically, there's just like a direct correlation between people who take creating more hydrate for a prolonged period of time and resistance at the same time, and an increase in lean body mass and body composition in general. So you take creatine, you train, you look better, you're stronger, you feel better. Simple. And it's not only from a physical performance that we see this because the brain itself has its own creatine pool. And there is actually increasing cognitive performance as well because the reduction in sleep, um, sleep fatigue, in mental fatigue, all right, so you obviously are able to make better decisions and you don't get as tired mentally as fast. And then there's a decreased sleep deprivation. So you increase your sleep. But again, which increases your decision-making. So like this is very good for uh, fat loss because we know that sleep deprivation itself or insomnia like has quite a dramatic effect on the decisions you make. That's that creaky chair. Um, and if you can make better decisions about food and calories and food choices and not getting distracted and not going to the gym. If you make those better choices when you've got a like A or B choice, go to the gym or don't, make the better decision to go to the gym um, or do I eat the food that I prepped from the night before or do I order a takeaway? Those A or Bs, like creatine will have some effect on if you make the right decision or not. Um, purely because you're obviously going to make 
a better decision because you're less fatigued mentally. And if you slept, slept better, like this is why sleep has such a dramatic effect on fat loss, you make better decisions. And we're not 100% sure yet because it's not, not researched wholeheartedly because you can imagine like research on the brain isn't easy, especially when you're talking about nutritional interventions for the brain. But when we, we are, we are, let me start again. We are almost positive or almost certain. I say the royal we because I've got nothing to do with this, by the way. Um, I just read the research a little bit. And basically, we know that the pool of creatine within the brain is a lot higher than it is in the body or in the muscle. So, like the dosages for like creatine will be like five grams, maybe 10 grams a day, depending on, the, on your size. Whereas if you're going to, just impact the brain to the highest extent it can. You're probably looking at like 20 grams a day, but we'll come on to why that might not be the greatest idea later. Um, so creatine itself, obviously, like um, we're talking about the supplement of creatine monohydrate, but like creatine is because it's synthesized from amino acids within the body itself. Like it is found in meats. It's found in meats. Um, I think like if you have a kilo of salmon, you'd get like five grams and like a kilo of salmon. Like, is that a full salmon, do you think? I think salmon weighs at a kilo. Like, is that, is that the average weight of a salmon? Um, but yeah, you've got a kilo of salmon like that's fucking expensive. Also, it doesn't taste nice. Like salmon is not a nice fish. Like, I'm just going to put that out there. Um, you do find it in like cod and beef and stuff like that, but um, that uh, do you know when like you go to the steakhouse and you're like, oh, can I have it rare? Or people are like, oh, I want it well done because they apparently don't like life. But you get a steak and I'll have a little bit of um, the juice coming out of it, which people say blood. That's actually the amino acids of the um, cell walls that is actually creatine in there. So just get a straw and lick that up. Um, but yeah, it's found in it's found in meat and uh, and fish, like most of the good stuff is, unfortunately. Which does mean that like creatine supplementation, like if you take creatine monohydrate as a vegan or vegetarian, or people that don't habitually eat as much meat, so a flexitarian or a pescatarian, people like that, you will have quite a significant impact on this. And like I remember, I gave this presentation to. Uh, a super league side and the physio caught, like called me out on it because like I said, you can get like a 12% increase in um, one RM bench press just by using creatine for eight to 12 weeks. But obviously that stipulates because it's, it was a vegan in the research. So like I had to, I had to literally put it in my presentation. It's vegan because you have a significantly more, um, effect size because you're not habitually eating the creatine so if you take that in you're going to store more of it um and it does get we do piss it out because that's just the process of the body otherwise we wouldn't ever have to take it every day so when it comes to like actual dosing in there's a couple of there's a couple of ways you can do it um like the idea really here is to not overcomplicate it so for me i just give my clients five grams a day if the bigger clients, we're talking 100 plus kilos, quite a high amount of lean muscle mass, 
then I'd give them 10. If they have, um, if they're postmenopausal, then they'll get more. And if they are uh, pre-diabetic or type 2 diabetic, they'll also get more as well, just because there's a little bit of research that says that's, that's there. And because they're so big and, and they, they can regulate it quite well, they're not going to have some of the adverse effects that can can crop up. So if you have quite a lot of creatine monohydrate at once, like the actual powder, it can cause cramping. Um, I've personally never experienced this myself. Um, you can get both muscle cramps with it. Um, that's not really, I've not actually seen any research behind that, but that's more anecdotal. I've had a couple of clients who've taken creatine. It's like actually a poor, like, like my calves and my quads are just cramping, like when they weren't before, um, not even doing anything else like that they weren't normally doing. So it's, it, that is anecdotal, but the stomach cramps, like you can, it's a real weird kind of cramp because, um, you feel watery because creatine would increase total body water because it's stored within the um, in the muscle cell itself, and it does draw water into the muscle. So there is a little bit of weight gain. So obviously, if you're a boxer or if you're like uh, an athlete that's trying to make weight, then, yeah, you can use it throughout your training, but obviously if you're going to actually get weight and stuff um, and your profession or whatever depends on that weight being a certain number, then... Um, it's better not to use it around competition. And this is why a lot of my female clients are a little bit adverse to using creatine monohydrate because the weight goes up when that's way beyond the point because the benefits outweigh that very small, insignificant amount of water that you will return, that you can't see, you will never notice, and only benefits you from in the long term because it can increase your muscle mass, increase your power, and hopefully increase the amount of force production you can do within the gym eventually making you feel better and look better and yes that is creatine monohydrate 101 and um, as always if you've got any questions or anything like that don't hesitate um no more questions i love answering questions um because otherwise i can never really come up with the content myself <laughs> um but i would all i would i recommend this to pretty much everybody from 14 or above that does any form of sport or resistance training and those usually come hand in hand um, anybody that's got sort of any cognitive issues and anybody that's postmenopausal um, obviously don't listen to me purely but like if there is anything that you've heard that's different to what I've said I'd happily have that conversation and if you want to put me in the direction of what you found I would happily read that um, because this is actually one of those topics that I would definitely read um, rather than some shit that's excuse me. So hope you have a great week. Um, I apologise this is coming on a Tuesday, not a Monday, but I got in at three o'clock this morning from Pink. Um, again, Pink amazing, and have a great week. And if you are interested in any coach or anything like that, don't hesitate to hit me up. Cheers, guys.